Oh, you thought World War Three was gonna be the major player of 2020. We forgot all about that. All those memes are in the trash now. It, the new hot thing. It's the end of the world, but not because of war. It's because of the coronavirus. Um, which have you seen that one Republican senator from Oklahoma who has been talking about this for like three years, and he's just like pulling up all of his old quotes, and he was like, "We're much more likely to face a pandemic in the Trump administration than we are a terrorist attack, and we're much more prepared for a terrorist attack." Really? Yeah, he's just walking out. He's like, I, "I've been saying this all along." Hey, I shout out. I don't have too many um, people that I look up to in Oklahoma, but I'll give it to him. Because this is the damn truth. And we've known it to be the truth. Yeah, this is... I was listening to Chris Fowler. The He mainly does college football and tennis for ESPN. Uh-huh. He's a CU buff. He's been doing a lot of interesting Instagram stories, and he did one about the pandemic, and he was like, you know, I'm 57. Nothing like this has ever happened in my life. And it's like, this is unprecedented, but maybe not going forward. And that's very weird. Yeah. And so, just as an update, as of Wednesday the 11th. Uh, At 3.13 p.m., because <laughs> all of this may change. Yeah, exactly. Mountain Standard Time. Also, no this is the Denverse. <laughs> I'm Quinn. I'm Derek. Um, and it's crazy, yo. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, yeah, so the big news as of right now is that uh, the NCAA tournament is still happening, but they are limiting it to essential staff and families. So one of the biggest sporting events of the year across multiple cities is now pretty much being shrunk to the bare minimum. It's... I was planning on going. Going to follow the CU Buffaloes wherever they go. Um, And obviously sad about that, but I saw somewhere today... On top of the NCAA being canceled, the Warriors are the first NBA team that that are going to play a game without fans. Uh, They're playing the Brooklyn Nets Thursday night, tomorrow night without fans, and their owner said it was going to cost the team tens of millions of dollars to not play one Warriors game at home. And you multiply that out by the NCAA tournament and all the fans that go to those games, and those tickets are not cheap. It's like... $80 $80 a ticket a session. So you're making like $240. Even for like a Saginaw State game or something. Yeah, it's... exactly. So the hit on the economy is just crazy in like places that you don't think about it. And I mean, I think we're going to see more of this. And I think, I mean, we could, we're probably going to talk about this for most of the show. But what what is your initial reaction to just not having fans at the NCAA tournament anymore? I mean, it's super weird. I think if we go back and listen to our episode two. Last week? Last week, yeah. <laughs> um, we were just super chill about the whole thing. Um, and kind of jokingly thinking about it. But right now, even though it's still not like Hollywood level pandemic, like not, there's not thousands dead in the States. Um, I certainly can't act like people are overreacting. So it's still just kind of a trip to me that a thing that was very mildly talked about at the beginning of this year within three months is now shaping the way humans are getting to interact. I have been washing my hands so much. My hands stay so dry now. 
Um, Me too. I'm. It's just like peeling off. Yeah, I've never had this. And I wash my hands. I'm just washing them like three times as much. I'm learning new songs because I'm like just singing the choruses uh, in between washing. So, yeah, on an individual level, it's like mildly annoying or you think that. But then if you just extrapolate it to an event that attracts hundreds of thousands of people, it's crazy that the kind of like break glass in case of emergency plans are being rolled out already. And for the tourney, one of the first times that the buffs are going to be playing, playing with a chance to be competitive for a while, that it's going to remove one of the largest aspects, which is the fans, is it's just a trip right now. I can't even feel emotions. I'm just like... <laughs> I was arguing on Twitter before we got on this with a friend of mine who's running a sports gambling site. Um, I'm on the side that this is going to hurt the favorites in some way because they're not going to have the crowd support going with them. He's on the side that these games will be like scrimmages, and so the favorites should just run over the lesser teams in the tournament. And there should this should be one of the most like straight-played tournaments in a long time oh, really? if they get the, season, the seating right. Yeah, I mean, as an artist myself, it's always super cool to see the pageantry and production. Um, and losing that, I think that'll be something that the viewer at home is going to like notice immediately. Like without the crowd noise, without the like PA system that plays music, all of that. It's just like being in a gym with just a bouncing ball and the squeaking of shoes. Um, it really changes the dynamic and the intensity that you're experiencing. Um, well, and we know from being Rockies fans what it's like to be in an empty stadium <laughs> and to watch an empty stadium on t TV. And it is weird because you can hear everything going on in the stadium because it echoes so much. True. And I know that from just like shoot arounds and practice sessions, those arenas echo like crazy. And so I, there's been talk like, do you keep the on the court mics on? For what we know about NBA players, the trash talk is not FCC approved. No, 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 not at all. So what are you even going to do? Because you can turn off their mics, but if they're going to have mics like what we're wearing right now on the broadcasters, those are going to pick up what's going on on the floor. On the floor and in the stands, like especially if it's nothing but families, like it's going to sound similar to ninth or nine-year-old soccer matches at City Park where like there's a handful of parents who are just way over the top. And I think I can only imagine for the players this still means a whole lot. So that intensity on the court is still going to be there. But just everything surrounding is just going to be vacuous. On top of these cancellations, uh, the Seattle Mariners have already announced that they will not be playing their home opener. Uh, the season starts in like two weeks. It starts like the last week in March is the start of Major League Baseball season. Uh, their home games are moving to the Texas Rangers. Uh, they're playing the Rangers, so they're going to have home games switch mm, right now. But we're we're two weeks away from opening day. This is affecting four of the biggest six major sporting like leagues, basically. Because I consider just college basketball with the NCAA tournament as big as the other five with college football and then the four major sports. Yeah, sure. Um the NFL draft is in less than a month and they were supposed to have this big thing in Vegas where they were going to have a ton of fans there. They were going to have the draft stage on the Bellagio fountain. All of that seems up in the air 
Oh, right, yeah, it was supposed to be like they would ride a little boat onto the stage. Yeah. That would... This is honestly just a highlighting of how decadent America has become. We're we're now looking at like a bunker somewhere where they have dim lighting, <laughs> yeah, thirty right. GMs and one TV camera. I don't even the, well like in Washington State, yeah, they're like trying to ban gatherings of over two hundred and fifty people. Um and Spokane is one of the conference the uh tournament sites. So that I mean, you get two teams and their like the equipment team management and everyone else. I don't even think you'll be able to have families. At I do wonder if you're the NCAA, do you keep all of the sites open? Like, do you still have eight sites next weekend? Because if I'm thinking about it, it makes more sense to have four sites because the way that it works in the NCAA tournament is each site gets four teams. Or each side gets eight teams. Mm -hmm. They play four games at each side on the first day, two games at each side on the second day, but they alternate. So you get Thursday, Saturday at one site, and you get Friday, Sunday at another site. Why not just only have four sites? Because you're going to have to have stadium personnel that you're paying. You're making no money. I think that they need to consolidate this and just have as few sites as possible, as few people mo traveling. And like obviously, Spokane feels like it might be out feels like Ohio might be out. Because if you're banning gatherings of 250 people or more, that's how many people it takes to turn on the lights in these stadiums. Yeah, really. Um, it's it's not spooky yet, but you can just see the major disruptions that will happen with it. Like, people are still ridiculous for hoarding toilet paper and sanitizer. But then you see something like this, and you're like, well, if it's going to happen at some point, I want my two-ply toilet paper now. Uh, yeah, but I think consolidating, because now this is this is a wash in terms of money. And I'm sure the Spokane Chamber of Commerce was super excited for this. Uh, well, and, you know, Gonzaga, perennial tournament team, yeah, yeah. probably going to get a home bid, no longer getting a home bid. Like, it's just all of these. And, I mean, the small city economies, like Spokane is pretty big, but it's not as big as you think it is um omaha was supposed to have one of these albany new york was supposed to have one of these like that's a big hit on their economies totally dude i mean like thinking about in denver the dnc in 2008 like raised the city's profile from like Cowtown to oh there actually might be some culture here i don't think the tournament is quite that big but you're we're gonna see these large events they just canceled e3 the video game conference um, You've lost South by Southwest. Yeah, uh, Coachella. Yeah, no one. Coachella should be canceled anyway. But that's just because I'm a aloof hipster about things. Um, yeah, Pearl, Pearl Jam is no longer touring right now. <sighs> Big hit. Oh, dude. Oh no. Sorry. No, I'm, you're fine. I'm supposed to go see Celine Dion on the 24th. Oh, she's definitely not performing. <laughs> given her, she's got to protect that voice. Yeah, Unless dude. she's gonna walk in with. Uh, in a cube, <laughs> not interact with anyone. I don't see how she's singing. Oh, no. Oh, I just... <laughs> they, they haven't canceled yet. You're okay. Okay. Um, I think that we have a unique perspective as well because the people that are going to be hit the hardest by this are the concession workers who work in these stadiums because yeah. a lot of the people who work in concessions are people that cannot hold full down full-time jobs it is not a glamorous position, especially at the bottom of this rung, because it's people who are okay working inflexible hours, 
for not a lot of money, which is usually older people who are vulnerable to this and uh, people who can't hold down a job for a number of reasons. People who don't have health care. Yeah, don't have health care. Certainly can't afford like $2,300 test or even have the resources to know. And these people live paycheck to paycheck and, you know, rent is going to come up and the people who are relying on working next weekend, these people, you know, are expecting these paychecks. The Houston Rodeo is canceled today, which is a huge event. And I know people that work down there, this is going to be a huge loss of revenue for them. Um, And then if you think of a city like Denver, if Denver actually cancels all of its events, there are people who rely on abs nuggets and rockies for their whole income yeah and they would be losing all of that and it's they don't have days off they probably don't have a lot of savings so they are as much as it's like all these people are losing millions of dollars and it is these people it's you know south by southwest has had to lay off a third of its staff because they had to cancel this year all of these people it's not the top people who are going to be laid off it's not the athletes who are going to be hurt by this it's ma- and it's not even the fans. Like, I'm sad I don't get to watch the Buffs next week. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be very sad if the Abs or Nuggets have a long playoff run that we're not allowed to see any of the games for. Uh, at all. At all, because <laughs> they're not on TV. Because they're not on TV. But the people whose li- livelihood depends on these big events, this is really testing them. I, A friend has uh, the beer vendors, the ones that walk up and down the, the stairs. They... They have their Facebook, a Facebook group. And my friend was telling me that, you know, they're having to look for full-time jobs right now because, like, in Texas, they lost South by Southwest. They lost the Houston Rodeo. That's it. Like, that's how they thought they were going to get through the next couple months. Yeah. And being someone who, myself, walks a precarious tightrope, you budget for those big things. And it's like, okay, well, I know rent can be covered because of X, Y, and Z. And even if X is missing, then all of a sudden that becomes a lot harder. So I th- thank you for bringing that up there because yeesh. Yeah. Um, well, and I mean, even, you know, the things you do, the theater and, you know, you teach kids and you work in theater. Two things that are yeah. in jeopardy right now. You didn't have to bring it up, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, no, I'm, it's... I mean, I think there are a lot of people feeling this in ways that go beyond, like, sports and, like, this is serious. I still think the worst-case scenario is, you know, 120 million people get the virus, which is an estimate the CDC threw out today as, like, the top limit. That would be the worst-case scenario. But no matter what happens, like, this is majorly disrupting how American culture works. Well, I mean, like, the hope is that all of these very dramatic measures are preventative to the point that um, we don't come anywhere close to it. And the hospitals don't get overrun because if we can at least space out when people are getting this. Truly, yeah. (laughs) So in D.C. right now, as of this moment, D.C. has recommended all major gatherings are canceled. The Washington Wizards are still expecting to play. So... Well, how do you feel about the mayor of a city saying, stop doing everything, and the NBA team being like, we're not going to? Well, the Wizards of all teams. I know. Like, <laughs> there's nothing on the line for them besides the health and safety of the fans and the team. Um, I don't know. Like, yeah, For me, the thing that I'd like, the, when, the, when the alarm bells go off, it's going to be when 
they start canceling basketball games, especially Nuggets games, because a lot of my mental health <laughs> revolves around being able to watch the Nuggets at any point in time. Well, and usually when we have big tragedies or big moments where, you know, people are scared or s- something bad is happening in the country, we come together with sports. I mean, you think about everything that happened after 9-11, you know, there was a lot of pageantry around coming together through sports. I remember when the Aurora Theater shooting happened, the Olympics and Missy Franklin were a big part of the healing process Ooh, after yeah. that event because the Olympics started right after that and it was like Colorado pride in a time of need. Uh, And so the fact that the worst thing you can do is be in a community of people all cheering for something and distracting yourself for a few hours is very weird. Yeah. I mean, really, because on all those sporting events, especially after 9-11, it's like, we need to show the terrorists that they didn't win. So we're, we still are coming together in these large groups. Um, you can't fight a virus the same way. So it's it just all feels super funky. Um just like I I look at the NFL like super I feel super fortunate that the Broncos won before a lot of the anthem controversy happened so I could enjoy their win unencumbered by any like political um cloud over it. With this it's just like it's not likely the Nuggets are going to win a championship this season. I mean, the Avs have a chance, but it's not likely like the Buffs will get to the final four. So, hopefully this can become a footnote before any of those like big Cinderella moments. The I just don't know if it can feel as special given the ominous nature of everything else and the absence of the fans, of course. Uh it's I I kind of wonder if maybe they should move these games to really small arenas. Like I remember a couple years ago, 3 or 4 years ago, CU was playing Seattle, the University of Seattle or someone like that, and they played in like a 1000 seat arena. Yeah. Maybe that would be better. Like take some of this, take it, make it smaller. Make it more intimate. I also and I'm I don't know where you fall down on this. Right now, it's sort of the league's weighing playing just for TV audience, which is where we know most of their money comes, versus shutting down for a month. I am of the opinion that I would much rather the NHL and NBA shut down for a month, move the schedule back. For the NHL, there's really not a lot of downside other than a shorter summer. For the NBA, it may affect the Olympics, but I don't know how many Americans are going to go. We don't even know if the Olympics are going to happen in July. I. I understand why that would be hard in the logistics and getting arenas and there would be some problems, but I don't, and maybe it gets worse and this looks like a huge mistake, but I don't, I'm not exactly sure that things are better than playing to empty an empty crowd, playing without the pageantry. Yeah. Well, especially since viewer ratings are down for the NBA, um, I think you probably get an uptick in everything if you have a triumphant return a month later. I personally would uh, support that because I'm in a show during the playoff run. Um, And that just means I'm going to be a bad performer because I'm going to still be backstage following the game. So I I think that's not a terrible idea. And uh, 
probably within a week's time, if everything else keeps rolling out this way, the league's hand is going to be forced and they'll have to. And I mean, I'm not surprised the NCAA is going forward. They make those for TV. And I've said this before, but being in the crowd at the NCAA tournament games, they don't care about you. They're not, they're not there to entertain you. It's all <laughs> for TV. And so this is like, they're the perfect league for this being an all TV mm. thing. I, I think that with the fact that, you know, there are home games for the NBA and the NHL, that makes it harder. Opening day is really going to be hard here in Colorado. That first Friday in April, mm-hmm. we have, you know, they have to reckon with that. And it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I hope everyone stays healthy and safe. Obviously that's the, the first priority, but it is, it's, it's just, it's weird that this is what's being affected. It's just the whole year, dude. We went from World War Three memes to then Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter crash, and then all the wackiness of the political season. Bing bang boom. Now we're here, and we knew it was going to be a bad year. Like we came into 2020 dreading 2020, and it's been so much worse than we thought. Well, I think of just like all the like chicks doing yoga on new years like talking about their resolutions and new intentions and it has just been a big old pot of suck on like a lot of personal levels for people that i know and then just like all the headlines they just seem more weird than even like tragic but this is a mix of both in a lot of ways so yuck uh i guess let's get into sports for a couple minutes yeah sure <laughs> Uh, so as mentioned, the Colorado Buffaloes are looking to play in front of no fans. We don't know what's going on. As we're recording this, the Pac-12 tournament is in progress. We do not know if they're kicking all of the fans out or not as we speak because the NCAA said no more fans. So we don't know what's going on there. Yeah. Uh, so by the time the Buffs play tonight at 9.30 <laughs> Mountain Time against the Washington State Cougars, we don't know exactly what's going on with the fans, but... The Buffs, um, where is it being held? In Vegas. It's in Vegas. Okay. In Vegas, where the buffets have been canceled. No more buffets in Vegas. Not even the one we went to on uh, in downtown Vegas. I still wish we had gone to the Bellagio one now. <laughs> that was retrospect. the best thing. We were in the lift, and Quinn was like, wait, there's this really cheap buffet. Instead of going to the Bellagio, let's go there. It was a mistake. A sentence that I will only utter once in life. <laughs> Um. <laughs> um, so they are playing uh, Washington State. If they win that game, they will play Arizona State tomorrow. The Buffs are in the last game of the night lane, which means that all three of their games until the finals will be played at 9.30 Mountain Time, and then the finals will be played at 8.30 Mountain Time on Saturday night if they make it that far. This is the lane that they were in the year that they won all of the games and won the tournament. And unfortunately the nine thirty does not mean nine thirty because there were four games played before it today. There will be four games played before it or three games played before it tonight and tomorrow, which means it'll probably be closer to ten, ten thirty. Oh, um so they're very late nights. CU is the only team to ever win four games and win the Pac twelve tournament. Every other team that's won the Pac-12 tournament has gotten a bye the first day and not had to play in this first day. They're good enough to beat everybody, but obviously they've lost four in a row. They lost to Utah in overtime on a last-second shot that the Utah player missed, 
and McKinley Wright fouled him for three foul shots, and they lost by a point. That is so upsetting. How did this, like a team that was steamrolling so well, what has happened that now they've lost four in a row against competition that lesser competition, competition that didn't have nearly the many expectations that CU had? Yeah, it's really hard to say. I mean, some of it is just confidence of especially their role players. Uh, people aren't hitting shots. Their defense is really broken down. Wright has been his, hit and miss. Uh, Bay's been hit and miss. Bay was named Defensive Player of the Year for the Pac-12, which shocked me. Like, I had no idea that he had a chance of that, and somehow they elected him Defensive Player of the Year. Um, congrats. Yes. Surprising, so and congrats. The depth we thought CU had has not really manifested itself. They're trying a lot of things. Uh, Dalen Kuntz, the backup point guard, has just been terrible. Uh, Shane Gatling, who is a senior, has not played well. Uh, Evan Batty has not been as dominant um, as he was. So it's a lot of factors. I'm hoping they can get it together. But regardless, let's say they lose tonight in this Washington State game. Uh, they're still going to make the tournament, mm. assuming the tournament still is going on, which I still think might be a little up in the air, despite everything I said about being a TV tournament. You're asking you know, a bunch of schools to fly into the same place. Yeah, which some schools have charters, many other schools do not. Yeah. Uh, I think right now I've seen CU's projected in the 8, 9, 10 range as a seed. For every game they win, they probably move that up. It's probably like a 7, 8, 9 if they win tonight, uh. up to like a 6 seed if they won, 6 or 5 seed if they won the tournament. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Obviously disappointing. I really thought this. The Buffs have only won one tournament game under Tad Boyle, even though they've been a number of times. I really thought this was the year where they were going to win another and maybe make the Sweet 16. It seems less likely. Yeah. Especially now that those of us who are big CU fans can't cheer them on. Hope Chip gets to go. Is okay, like From the assistant coaches to the like maintenance folks and Chip... Who is like a central personnel? Yeah, that? I mean, I think the band is probably out, right? No band. Oh yeah, you no, don't no, need no. a band, no. I guess, if there aren't any fans. The players like the band. Someone needs to play the alma mater. <laughs> um, so no band. So hopefully Chip, but probably not. Like Chip and the cheerleaders again. Who are they pumping up? The family. <sighs> uh. So anyway, I'm. This is just. It's still hitting. Like yeah, this is like it, it, so hard for me. I'm just uncomfortable. I am. It's, it's awkward, and it's just sucks that this is the timeline. Moving on to the Colorado Avalanche, uh, they had two chances over the past few days to catch the Blues. They've been two <laughs> points behind the Blues. Blues lost twice, and of course the Avs lost twice, including a really rough game a couple nights ago against the Kings, where. They were just never really in it. They only had four shots halfway through the game. Mm. But Nathan McKinnon also got hurt. Uh, and so at one point in that game, they had a power play that only had one of the five players on the power play unit left. Landis Cog was the only person left because McKinnon was hurt, Rantanen was hurt, Kadri was hurt, Makar was hurt. Sometimes Burakovsky's played there instead of one of those guys. So that's the whole power play unit basically gone. So McKinnon's out one to two weeks, according to uh, Coach Bednar. Uh, they are playing tonight. Uh, McCarr is set to return, so that's good. 
Grubauer faced some shots, and everybody else except for McKinnon was at least skating, including Kadri, Calvert, Rantanen, and Burakovsky. They were in non-contact jerseys, but hoping they'll be able to come back this weekend. They're still two points behind the Blues, and I just don't know if they're going to catch them, especially without McKinnon. Yeah, dude. Ugh. Yeah, and the, definitely the two games that they could have caught up were totally winnable games, but certainly the injuries has just been the story of this season. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's been... Give me something positive real quick. I <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think the thing is the Avs are pretty much locked into the two seed. As long as they don't fall apart, they will be hosting the first round series against the Stars, which, again, they haven't played well against the Stars all year. But a healthy team with Grubauer back, with the top power play unit going, hopefully has a has a pretty good chance against mm. them. And then the Blues will get the wild card, which could be a really rough team. It could be Nashville or the Wild, who are really going to want to take him out. Or Calgary, who the Avs faced last year. Not a tough team, not an easy team to play early in the playoffs. Uh so, we'll see. They play every other game the rest of the season. The Blues play every other game as well, except for they have one day off so that the Avs can catch up with a game in hand. And then they play each other on the last game of the season. So, if the Avs can keep pace without McKinnon, uh, they still have a shot at yeah, the number one seed. I mean, it was, and it now seems even more like shaping up for a very meaningful final game against the Blues. Uh, which would be super cool. Yeah, I mean, if both teams went out to that final game, the Avs would get the spot if if they win that game. Yeah. So, uh, moving on to the Nuggets, we attended a rough win against the Milwaukee Bucks on Monday night, which if you weren't following it, you'd be like, why was that rough? They have the best player in the league, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Well, he didn't play. No. Um, but then you'd say, but they still have a great um, cast of players like Chris Middleton. Yeah, and uh, the better Lopez. And and a Brooke Lopez and um, Eric Bledsoe. Yeah, I mean, good supporting cast. And good backup in Dante DiVincenzo. Unfortunately, none of those people played. <laughs> no. And we got the lesser Lopez <laughs> and the lesser Anticumpo. <laughs> and the Nuggets went off to a huge lead and then just completely fell apart after the eight-minute mark in the second quarter. Yeah, well, they, they were playing... Uh, they're on pace for like 130 points, 50 points with eight minutes left in the second. And then I think they may have hit 60 by halftime. It was a, just a wonky game. Jokic only had two points with like six minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And then I think he ended up getting two double digits by the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, Harris played well and the two forwards played well. Uh, Millsap and Grant both had a ton of points early in the game. Yeah. And they were the ones that helped the Nuggets roll out to a big, healthy lead. But then just everyone stopped hitting their shots for a good portion of time. And the one guy that kind of took over, Jamal Murray, really took over. And then had, like, the greatest dunk a Nuggets ever had. And they called an offensive foul. I would like to say, in that moment, so we are sitting on the other side of the court, way up. Uh, our gamble to get better tickets did not pay <laughs> off. Um and it goes off, 
and you missed the ref. And the reason you missed the ref was he was on the other side of the court. He was like at half court, and he called an offensive charge foul. I don't even know what it was. Because they, well, I remember celebrating for like ten seconds and then booing what I thought was a technical because Jamal Murray absolutely destroyed this dude. In just the most beautiful way possible. Like, even the dude, because I, I don't know his name, because he wouldn't have otherwise been on the court if it weren't for the entire Bucks team not playing. Um, he had to respect what just happened to him. Um, but, yeah, the ref said that he was ex- he extended, like he pushed off of the dude while in midair. And he did not. If you watch the replay, what he did was he was up higher than the guy. He was up so high that that guy just came to his elbow. Yeah, the guy jumped his head into Jamal's uh, forearm for an offensive foul. Ugh. It still might win dunk of the year, even though it was called back. Because like everyone in basketball was tweeting it, and yeah. none of them were mentioning that it was called back. So we'll just pretend it counted. And the Nuggets won. Yeah. But I, the Jokic game was weird. I don't know what's going on with him. I mean, he's, I don't know if it's fair to call it a slump because he's still, even when he's not scoring, he's still the most important player on the floor and impactful. Um, And yeah, he's absolutely shifted into a far slower gear than. Earlier in the season, even when he was slumping, and then in the mid part of the season where it was like, okay, yeah, this is the MVP candidate that we have been hyping up. So I think he's just a dude that you're always going to have to weather these moments where it feels like he's not as engaged. But I think the Nuggets are two games ahead of the third seed right now, one half game behind the Clippers, or how am I doing? Two games ahead of the fourth. Half game behind the second. And so they're in a position where they're kind of locked in. Um, lost some crappy, crappy games. And a rough, they have a road trip of starting tonight, Mavericks, Spurs, Lakers, all on the road. Yeah. Before coming home to play the Clippers. <laughs> so it's, I don't know what it is. I don't know how they've fallen off a mountain so so heavily. It's, yeah, that you're... You walked away from the game saying, like, I am really worried about this team. I was just riding the high because I've had a terrible luck this season with games that I've gone to, so I was happy to walk away with the win. But the crowd feel, felt subdued. Um, we couldn't tell if it was coronavirus <laughs> or, like, there were empty seats. There were a ton <coughs> of Bucks fans. Yeah, and shout-out to the Bucks fans with your terrible cadence. They were going, let's go Bucks, let's go Bucks, which makes no sense. Why add a syllable into a single-syllable team name? Because we know what this sounds like because for the CU Buffaloes, we go, let's go Buffs. Exactly. It was so simple. I was so upset that they had terrible rhythm with that. But, yeah, the game felt weird, and I think a lot of it is, uh, well, one, Michael Porter Jr. got a lot of playing time and did very little with it. He seems to have lost his confidence. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been, like, shout-out to Reddit again. The Fire Malone train has more coal um, in the steamer. That's how steam trains work, right? Well, I don't think... Sure. Yeah, all right. <laughs> um, that train has been rolling a little f- stronger and faster recently. And I'm like, chill. The dude has coached up a Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, um, or even a Will Barton, to play better than expected. 
I want to trust the process, but and they gave him a big extension, so it doesn't matter what we think. <laughs> <laughs> True that fans always want to believe that their angry screeds online have some impact. Um, I want to trust that Malone knows what he's doing with MPJ, but also I'm like in a position like, does MPJ have the mental fortitude to come through with it? Like, how easy was it for him to lose his confidence, and how easy is it for him to get it back? I would love to see him exploit a weird Dallas Mavericks team right now with several injuries. Um, but you want to think that our bench still has more talent than most other benches in the league. If they can just play all right together. I want to end just one of my least favorite things when you go to a game is the person in the crowd who is like, and they always say the same thing. They're like, timekeeper. How much time is left right when the person says either at basketball, two minutes remaining in the quarter or the at hockey, one minute remaining in the period. And we had a fan in front of us who got owned by his own thing where he said it so slowly. He was like, hey, timekeeper, how much? And then there are like two minutes remaining as he said time is left. And it was like the best self-own because <laughs> he did not get it out before the timekeeper had told him how much time was left. I think it's the dumbest thing that fans do. And whenever you're near one of those fans, they don't just do it one time. At hockey, they do it all three periods. They're like watching the scoreboard so they can do a bit that has never been funny. And in <laughs> basketball, they do it four times. This guy, I think, only did it once because he got so owned by the <laughs> timekeeper. But that was that was the highlight of the game for me other than the Murray dunk. <laughs> Dang, I was not paying attention nearly. To, oh, I was annoyed by the kid next to us who was shouting for Monte Morris for some reason. Um... Maybe these fans shouldn't be going to games. But the, <laughs> I feel that if there's a raffle that we deserve to be part of, like, the essential personnel. If we had gotten our act together, we could have applied for media credentials. It'd be us, a bunch of media members. I'd be having to, like, shush you to be like, don't <laughs> cheer in the press box. I know we're the only ones here. They're going to be able to hear you. Oh, my God. Yeah, I would be. it would be so hard for me to be quiet. Um, damn, and now, like... The league is saying that they're going to limit press in the locker room, perhaps like in perpetuity now. Yeah, I mean, I think that we will have time to talk about this in the future because this is a bigger thing. But I have always worried that basically access to players would be completely taken away from the press. And this might be the first step in that in that domino. Always take advantage of tragedy, man. Um, yeah, it's just really weird. Um Let's just hope for, like, good sports in the near future in case we don't have it later on in the future. Yes. Uh, go, everyone. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. And enjoy the weather while you can. Yeah, You're allowed to be outside. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See ya. <laughs> Peace.